Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Thursday evening. Actually, it might be Friday morning now. It's Friday, it's Friday morning in the Eastern time zone where we do the pod, time-wise. That's Tim Bontemps joining us from New York City. He was in Philadelphia today. Do you, are you going to reveal why you were in Philly today, even though there wasn't a game? Or are you keeping that secret? Uh, there'll be something on TV on Christmas. That's why I was in Philly today. I thought it was on teaser. TV tomorrow, like on Friday. Well, it'll be on TV a lot of days, but right. what, it's going to be what on are you Christmas. doing? Interviewing all those Santa Clauses in Philly who throw batteries at people? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Wasn't there a story about what they Santa Claus went to jail in Philly or something? Or they booed Santa Claus in Philly. That's what it was. That's right. Something like there's, that. There's many, there's many such stories in Philly. Joining us think. from the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas, where he watched the Timberwolves defeat the Dallas Mavericks on Thursday night, is Ben McMahon. Howdy, partners. How you doing? Got a uh, a flight in a few hours to go hear what John Morant has to say uh, as his suspension is nearing its end. So let's get to business. All right. Jeez. Now he's all. Now when it comes to his sleep, he's all fired up. Right? Is that, that, that <laughs> all of a sudden when it's affecting him? Interesting hey, how I that works. You, I can't roll like you guys do. I got to get a decent amount of sleep. I'm. I old. know, and I appreciate it. And when Bon Temps and I were at the at the Vegas airport on Sunday at five. <laughs> to 4 30 in the morning and you were sleeping you were definitely ahead um <laughs> all right you so you were in the uh, wolves locker room post game and um i believe you talked to rudy gobert you got a chance to talk to him about the outcome you know how he thought about the uh draymond green um indefinite suspension um what was that conversation like yeah, and, and he wasn't really eager to talk about it. Certainly, really? he was much more <laughs> eager to. Well, he was certainly much more eager to talk about how well the Wolves are playing. Big win tonight. We can get to, to you know, the Wolves, the number one seed in the West, a little bit later on. But you know, as far as Draymond goes, um, I said, hey, you know, like obviously people want to know what Gobert has to say about it. The last Draymond incident was him putting Gobert in a chokehold and getting suspended five games. And now you've got this situation with Nurkic and it's indefinite. And uh, I'll just read the quote. Rudy said, I have empathy for him. You see somebody that's not well inside and suffering. You take away the game and all that as I, sorry, you take away the game and all that. And you want somebody to be well and be able to do what we do every night and compete and be happy. I asked him if he thought the indefinite suspension was fair. He says, I'm not sure what that really means, so it's hard to tell. I mean, you don't want someone to get badly hurt. You've got to fix that. That's it. So, look, Rudy and Draymond are not going to be on each other's Christmas list now or ever. Uh, Obviously, there is a lot of history between them. Rudy has been the subject of many barbs from Draymond and one chokehold. Um, but he says, he says he feels sorry for the guy and none of us know what is going on with Draymond in terms of like, what are the deeper you know, roots of, of these outbursts of violence. Hopefully he's able to figure that out. But I mean, it's, it's a, it, it, the whole situation, it's, it's, it's a shame. It's a, it's a bad look for Draymond. It's a, something that can tarnish the guy's legacy and, it's not sustainable for the Warriors who have a long list of problems without one of their core players constantly getting himself suspended and, and at a certain point putting his career in jeopardy. Yeah, I think one of the things that kind of came out with the players who talked about it in the wake of it was that, you know, look, no matter what you think about the guy, no matter what you think about how he uh, 
how, what he talks about and how he behaves and whatever. You don't want to get kicked in the nuts. You don't mm-hmm. want to get choked and you don't want to all of a sudden be playing um, defense. And then the guy whips around and clocks you in the side of the head. Yeah. Um, like they don't want that. And so like the thing about all of those incidents is they kind of came out of nowhere. So yeah. Much less just, you know, the the general stuff that he does. So um, well, you don't want to get punched in the face at practice if you're his teammate. You don't which... want to get stepped on, you know. I yeah. mean, I don't think the Sabonis thing was his, uh, uh, you know. That no, was it's very... the same. It's the same thing. It's all the I same. I just stuff. remember that like that night they were like Sabonis is getting. And, and what it and what did we listen? What did people do then? They made excuses. People have made excuses for this guy for a decade. He's no one's making excuses stuff. now. Uh, this, that's well, no, but it's different. taken it's taken a decade, a decade of ridiculous acts and behaviors. We've been doing. We spent. We all covered the 2016 playoffs. We spent days adjudicating this guy's ridiculous actions during that playoffs, from body slamming Michael Beasley in the first round to getting suspended for hitting great uh, LeBron James in the groin in Game Four in a situation that was just no need to do that ever. People tried to tried to say he shouldn't have been suspended for a playoff game for a ridiculous curb stop of a guy last spring for no reason at all. People mm-hmm. tried to defend him for this ridiculous action with Rudy Gobert three weeks ago. I mean, up it took until this point when he did something that was completely inexplicable five games after he came back from a suspension for nearly choking Rudy Gobert out for everybody to finally go, oh man, it's time to readjust our expectations of what is a proper thing for Draymond Green to do. I was watching the game live the other day when he did that. Yeah. There, like he kind of gets touched on the hip by Dusverkic. It was a foul. For the response to be to turn around and punch him in the head is an insane thing to do. Yes. I mean, frankly, my wife, Kelly, saw it the next morning and said, This guy looks like he doesn't want to play, which you know, to me, sums up what everybody is now saying from the league to the union to the Warriors themselves, which is this guy has to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Because this is just not the way you can function and act in the NBA. If you're going to play in the NBA, you just cannot do this stuff. Well, it seems like there's finally, at least behind the scenes, some acknowledgement from him that that is the simple fact of the matter. He has well, to figure out. There, let's, I'll say let's see if that actually is the case or that's if it's fine. everyone saying that's the case. Well, the fact that I was very curious. So you hear indefinite suspension, and I was very curious to see if the union would challenge that. I mean, they even challenged Jaws 25 game suspension because of the language in there, whatever conditions, vague conditions were supposed to be met. Um, and especially the fact that it is Andre Iguodala, his former teammate, that is uh, the head honcho at the union now, the or the interim head honcho, whatever the official title is. And the, the unions, there's been an acknowledgement of, hey, this, you know, their silence is deafening on this. And it's, it, you know, it's not only, but, you know, if you're the union, Obviously, you represent Draymond Green, but you also represent Yusuf Nurkic, and you also represent Rudy Gobert, and you represent Jordan Poole and DeMontis Sabonis. And, like, I mean, Rudy's not lying or exaggerating when you say, like, you worry about somebody really getting hurt. Jordan Poole, like, dude, that could have been a disastrous injury. That could have been Rudy Tomjanovich-level uh, damage. 
Uh, I mean, and he he went after Gobert like there was a clear intent to inflict some serious pain and damage there. You know the history, but like the fact that he held that chokehold as long as he did, extremely dangerous. Honestly, this one with Nurkic, it wasn't a closed fist by the end. He did open up. This was like the least egregious of them. You know, even the it was not just a stomp on Sabonis, but like he like launched off of him. I mean, at some point, somebody is going to really get hurt if these things continue. So they've got to Draymond has to figure out with some help what the hell's going on and how to stop it. But you know, after he didn't help matters after the Gobert thing when he basically not only did not express any regret, but kind of was justifying it and proud of himself when he came back from the suspension. Well, just so really Ramona's, quick, just I was yeah. just going to read. I just have it up here. So Ramona has this story. She talked to Draymond Green. This is a quote from like four days ago after mm-hmm. the fourth game he played. So two games before he punches Yusuf Nurkic to Ramona. Quote, you don't become what I've become if you can't control your emotions. You don't win four championships if you can't control your emotions. What I love most is the opportunity to prove myself again. That's how I come out of this. Like, oh, they're doubting you again. They're questioning you again. They're questioning your integrity. As someone who has had to prove myself my whole life, it's familiar territory. That does not sound like somebody who thinks he did anything wrong. And two days later, he does this. So to your point about, I think everybody else is saying, hey, man, it's time to figure some things out. Let's see if this guy actually does something about it. His first day back from... The suspension, he said, I don't live in my life with regrets. Right. So, but that wasn't the quote from Ramona's piece that struck me. The quote from Ramona's piece, especially in the wake of him seeking some sort of outside counsel, is when he talked to her about watching the video back of the Gobert choking incident. He said, when I watched it back, I said, damn, I held him much longer than I realized in that moment. Yeah. But the reality is, in those moments, you don't know what time is. You don't have mm-hmm. a sense of time. And then he talked or about distance because he dragged him halfway across the court. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I'm not a trained mental health specialist, but like when you talk about you don't have a sense of time, that, you know, that's yeah. deserves follow up. They also talked about um, the incident with LeBron in 2016. And he said, uh, I had no clue. You don't have a sense of time during these things. It's spur of the moment. Everything's moving. Everything's going. So those are contradictory statements from what Tim read a second ago, which is I have my control. And then when yep. I'm in these things, I don't actually have a sense of time. Yeah. And, um, and Steph Curry told Ramona, the conversation we had was, like, I worry less about what you did, but more about why and how it happened. Right. So those are so those are things that I think are cutting closer to the to the situation here. But the, the thing about it is I wrote a piece for ESPN right after Draymond was suspended. And I was going back and like looking at quotes that he gave in press conferences when uh, the night of incidents in the past and then what he said when he was suspended and what he said when he came back and what Steve Kerr said. And it was just got very, very, very repetitive to Bontemps point, which is like, you know, I wouldn't years so of far- excuses. Yeah. Years I wouldn't always them. say it was excuses, but it was like, you know, platitudes. So, you know, we'll go to our pod, you know, motto actions over words. So I actually, I don't honestly don't care what 
anybody right. really says. I mean, Steve Kerr said tonight before the game that um, he felt that Draymond would get through this and he believes he'll be okay on the other side of it. That's a vote of confidence. That's not, you know, but, you know, there was no, there was no defensive posture. You know, they were not defending. Well, listen, him. a year ago, he punched his teammate in the face and this spring they gave him four years and a hundred million dollars. Right. As you, as we, as you famously said a year and a half ago, why did they do that? Because they have failed in their ability to try to extend their window. The three lottery picks they had, James Wiseman is one of the biggest busts of all time. Jonathan Kaminga was one pick ahead of Franz Wagner. Safe to say things would look a lot different if Franz Wagner was on the team. Moses yep. Moody has shown flashes at times. He was two picks ahead of Alperen Shingun. If they had Franz Wagner and Alperen Shingun right now, they could have they Lamelo Ball, Franz guys. Wagner, they and Alperen Shingun. Right. Yeah. They, they could have all three of them. Like, but look, that, it, things like would look if you're going to crack, you know, look, this is, you know, you and I have had this exact conversation. No, 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 offline. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, the Warriors have had an unbelievable run. I'm not trying, I'm not ripping on them. My point is though, they've needed to rely on Draymond Green and they still are reliant on Draymond Green. So yeah. if you are this reliant on him, you are going to look the other way Just, when he repeatedly does things I, to put I, your team in a bad spot because you still need him. Absolutely. And because they're in a four year, $100 million contract, they have no choice but to work through it with that's this, right. You know, but yeah. I will say, just as an aside, not about Draymond, regard everything that you said about their lottery picks is absolutely true. There's a 2022 banner hanging in the rafters. Yes. One in spite of that. That's right. Uh, winning a title means never saying you're sorry. That's my motto. And the other well, thing Draymond's I, got that down. Well, <laughs> you got that right. Uh, look, not quite the proper usage of that, but I guess I have to cop to that. Well, yeah. my point is more that they they didn't ever trade those picks because the idea was this was going to be the bridge to the next yes. group, right? And that yes. bridge is not there, so they're still reliant That's... on these guys to an immense degree, and it's given them no wiggle room with this stuff, which is why when this Draymond stuff happened last year, they had to stick with them. It's not a criticism of the Warriors. They've had an unbelievable run. Nobody wins for... 25 years other than the Spurs. And they got very lucky multiple times. Right. Like, they won four titles in eight years. Yeah. It's an it's unbelievable probably, run. Uh, uh, probably and not going to be five and 10. I mean, like, the, you know. Yeah, right. that's all. But after, no tears. after the after the Gobert thing, I said it, and I still believe it, all the Draymond drama has been so worth it because he was an absolutely essential and critical part to four championships. Of course. No matter what happens. That's Draymond the subtext point. of the hundred million. Right. No, That's the yes. subtext of it. Now, going forward, will it continue to be worth it? As his his conduct has deteriorated and so has his performance. That's the problem. He's he's right now, the past, he was always on the right side of the the P to slash P ratio, the pain in the ass to production ratio. He's on the way on the wrong side of it this season, way on the wrong side of it. And, you know, the, the conduct and the performance need to improve, but, uh, you know, what you've done in the past only buys you so much patience. And it seems like the league and the, the Warriors are about out of it. Well, and let's be honest too. If the Warriors were 17 and seven instead of 10 and 14, this would yep. all look a lot different too, right? And there probably would be even more excuses being made. But they're not t 17 and 7. They are, they're 10 and 13. We'll see if they're 10 and 14 in a little while. They're playing the Clippers right now. Yeah, they're right in a now. very tight game in the fourth quarter with the Clippers. 
Yeah, they've come back in the second half, so we'll see if they can pull that one out. But, I mean, that if the reason this is all going on in this manner is they're in 11th place. We talked about them almost a month ago on the pod, and you guys said, look, we're not going to bury yeah. not going to bury them yet. We're not going to put any dirt on them. They were in 10th then. Now they're in 11th, and if they lose tonight, they're as close to Memphis and Portland as they are to the Pelicans and the Suns in 9th and 10th. Hey, so, I ain't bear, I ain't bearing them yet, but me either. I'm 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 in the aisle at the hardware store looking for a shovel. <laughs> I'm not bearing them either. It's December. And if any hardware Freaking... store wants to sponsor us, I'll shout you out by name. Well, I'll say the same thing I said then too. Steph Curry hasn't missed any time yet, and he's played really really well. And the second he misses any time, which he's not going to play 82 games, they're going to go off a cliff even more than they already are. I'll be late leaving this party. I'm not going to be early. <laughs> More Hoop Collective podcast after this. All right, so you did get to see the Wolves. The Wolves had a, a rough uh, loss in, in uh, New Orleans the other night without Anthony Edwards. He returned yeah. Wednesday, uh, Thursday night. The Mavericks, who had uh, just had a nice win over the Lakers without Kyrie Irving, lose by 18 uh, in a game where Anthony Edwards was back, but he was only 3 of 19 from the field. Still not 100%. He did have 11 assists. He was 3 for 19, and he was plus 20, which was... Which is hard to do. Which is hard to and, do, because he was doing a lot of other stuff. Yeah, and Luca had another pretty awesome performance, 39 and 13. Uh, and the Mavs jumped out to a 15-point lead, basically right out of the gates. Luca was absolutely lighting the wolves on fire uh, in the first quarter. I think Luca ran out of some gas late. I mean, the 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 burden on him right now with... Kyrie and half their rotation out is just yeah. uh, immense. So he has to be a superhero to give them a chance to beat a team like the Lakers, and he was, or like the Wolves, and he was awfully good but not good enough. But no, for the Wolves to come in here and beat a Mavericks team with Luka playing at this level convincingly like they did to, to, to climb out of a, an immediate 15-point hole and basically run away with the thing uh, in the fourth quarter – it's impressive, um, you know. And, it helps and, and, it when Nas Reed hits seven of his first nine threes. Hey, he Nas Reed, I, it does. It certainly does. Nas Reed has been consistently outstanding this season. And if you're getting into premature six man of the year conversations, his name's going to come up. When was the uh, last time uh, a team had a had three centers this this good? Centers. I'm not talking about a big man rotation. Three centers because yeah. teams don't play three centers anymore. I'm not talking about you know the six. Right, right. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't have an answer by the way. I'm just saying they got Gobert, Towns, and and Reed. I know Towns technically plays um, power forward, but he's a center. He can play right. center. And I and you know it's just a it's a there's a really fun vibe with that team right now. And, and the Ant came back. Tonight, he's been in and out over the last, I don't know, week or two with this this hip issue. Banged it up again in Memphis, came out early in that game. They win there, got smoked in New Orleans. He was clearly out of rhythm. Uh, they got McDaniels. You know, McDaniels back in the mix now. He, he's coming off that ankle thing. But, man, like these guys, there's a chemistry. There's a, a you know, a, a confidence. The word you hear the most when you're talking to people with the Timberwolves is maturity. And the words you heard the most when you were talking to people with the Timberwolves last year was immaturity. And what's and, the difference? Well, there's one pretty significant difference. They made a trade a little bit before the deadline last year. Out goes D'Angelo Russell. In comes 
Mike Conley, who Chris Finch basically said is like everybody's big brother. And, you know, he's the connector. And he, Conley is not a rah-rah guy. He's the nicest guy in the NBA. He's got four sportsmanship awards to prove it, but he's not a big, like, listen to me, you know, that kind of guy. You know, what, what Finch was saying is he is a guy who has a lot of individual conversations. He is a guy who's, you know, constantly kind of in the ears of, you know, the young guys, the Anthony Edwards, the Jaden McDaniels, you know, even Cats and Vet, but he's having a lot of those individual conversations, you know, helping everybody. And there's never any kind of agenda other than, hey, let's win. Let's you know, let's be as good as we can be. And then they basically, he's like Finch said, he didn't ask to be the leader of this team, but everybody looks for him to be that. And he's, he's kind of taken it and he's run with it. And then, you know, I, we talked about this on a recent pod. Cat had a really good game tonight, 21 points, 17 rebounds. You have to give Cat credit because let's be honest, his reputation was kind of as a empty stats diva for a while, right? That's just the, that's not a pleasant thing to say, but it's the truth. And he has adapted. He has adapted his game to fit with Gobert, and they actually have a really good chemistry. Boy, they were just hooting and hollering and chuckling uh, over there um, in the in the locker room when I was talking to him today. Um, he has adapted to Ant's ascension to superstar status, and and you know, you see, how many times have we seen there be this like? egotistical tug of war that's not happening and is getting it or i'm sorry cat's kind of getting his stuff within the flow he's figuring out ways you know he was talking tonight about figuring out ways to score and to be involved without having you know necessarily plays run for him he's not a great defensive player but he's he's a guy who's playing a lot of minutes for the team that's the best defense in the nba so he's he's doing his part uh within that and honestly, this is the happiest I've seen Rudy in a long, long time. Rudy, when the Jazz had the best regular season record in the NBA, he wasn't this happy. There was already, you know, that was post COVID. He took three. Know. He took four shots tonight, but he didn't. But he was in a good mood. No, he 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 is absolutely ecstatic. Last year was tough on him, but you know he's like proud that they kind of got through that, got better as the year went on. And uh, he's excited to have a chance to to be playing for a team that's positioned itself as a contender and to kind of figure things out with this group. And there's just a really good vibe. And, you know, it is funny. For all this talk about maturity, can I tell you, fellas, a, uh, a, a funny little thing going on in the Wolves locker room right now? So Anthony Edwards has given Mike Conley a nickname. The nickname is Bite Bite. B-I-T-E, B-I-T-E. Conley does not acknowledge this nickname. He does not answer to the nickname. <laughs> but Ant calls him Bite Bite all the time. And I asked Conley, why does he call you Bite Bite? Conley's like, I have no idea. So I ask Ant, why do you call him Bite Bite? And he says, he looks like somebody who's ready to bite somebody. I said, Mike <laughs> Conley's the nicest Absolutely guy. Absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't make, no, he doesn't. He's the nicest guy in the NBA. Uh, he goes, he, said he, he says he is, but he looks like he's ready to bite somebody. And he's like, actually, he just reminds me of this guy from my neighborhood. Well, it gets better. Wendy, you spent a lot of time in, in France over the last year or so. Have you spent not? Spent a lot of time overseas with Ant, too. Okay. How's your French? Poor. Okay. Do you know what bite means in in French? I, I, do, I not. do not, but I'm a little nervous. Well, 
I don't know French either, but Rudy Gobert does. I'm going to trust him on this. Bite <laughs> in French translates to penis. <laughs> I, I knew I should be concerned about where this so, is going. So bite, bite translates to penis, penis. And let's just say Rudy Gobert thinks that nickname is quite humorous, but it actually has... I, I don't think Ant is aware of this, um, but uh, apparently... Some some French uh, social media somebody wore a jersey to a game, a Conley jersey that said "bite bite" on it. And apparently, it got quite some play in uh, the French social. That media. is that is what it. <laughs> that, I did check it in Google Translate, and Rudy didn't give you a uh, a line. So so as I said, this team is really Mr. Bonton. This yeah exactly. This team yeah, is exactly maturity is the word around the Minnesota Timberwolves, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> We, we've got stuff like this going on. Well, well Ant, I, yeah, go Ant ahead. Edwards is look, I, I don't know him super duper well, but he's a pure guy. As, yeah. as Spo would say, he's pure. Well, look, I, he went three for 19 tonight and he was getting into it defensively. He's making passes like it was a deserved plus 20. And I, I think it's a sign yeah. of that is it. I mean, we'll set aside the word maturity. I think that whole conversation <laughs> just sort of sums up where that's at. But it's a sign of growth from him that in a game where he isn't making shots, he found a lot of other ways to make a real impact. And I, I think it underscores where this team is at. And look, I think we have to look at them as a legit contender. They were more than a quarter of the way into the season. Mm -hmm. They look awesome. They're, they have the best defense in the league by a good amount. You know, their offense has not really caught up. We'll see if they can get up into the top 10. We obviously without turbocharged offenses are now, if you're going to be that far behind at the offensive end, we'll see if that impacts them going down the road against real teams. But look, they went on the road against a good Dallas team today. Like you said, Lucas playing out of his mind. I know they have injuries, but yeah. Ant didn't hit shoot the ball well, and they go in there and they play great, and they went on the road against a good yeah, team. And they just speaking yeah, of uh, speaking of good natured Europeans, um, I heard Luca gave you an assignment tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so listen, Luca got teed up for the third straight game. That gives him six this season, not including one that was rescinded, the one where Chris Dunn got in his face, got rescinded, the one where he famously told the ref, hey, what I do? I'm just busting his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, But he's up to six that count right now, if this one indeed ends up counting. It was an awfully quick whistle. Off early, it was in the first quarter. Old Jason Goble went with a quick whistle. And so between quarters, you know, Dallas is one of the few places where we're still really down low uh, for the media seats. And Luca, who doesn't initiate many conversations with me, came over <laughs> and kind of <laughs> came over and kind of got my attention. And it was loud, so I couldn't really hear him, but he was saying something. And I I got it pretty, you know, he's kind of doing a T motion and, and shrugging. So I got I got, oh, okay. You want a pool report to ask why the hell did you get that technical foul? And uh, yeah, that's what he wanted. And it was fair. We were going to do it anyways. I mean, obviously, Luca T's are newsworthy. If you get 16 of those suckers, you're suspended for one game. Um, <laughs> he avoided it by the hair of his chinny chin chin the last two years when he had 17 each year, but two rescinded uh, on both occasions. And we'll see if this one's not rescinded. Um, Luca's explanation that he was given was that you can't clap at the ref and there was no profanity and the ref. Yeah, um, Jokic got, got thrown out the other day for, you know, one MF -er. 
one mf yeah. one mf is a t that's the come a on, single dude. mf-er and i and i was like dude if i mean there's a well, lot of guys who would never last finish the texan last the texan for the cursing scale that's all that's all we'll i mean mf -er is a generic cuss word i call you guys worse on a daily um you haven't kicked me off this pod yet so yeah the uh curtis blair was the crew chief so he was given the explanation for a tee that Jason Goble called. Blair says, after no call, Luca overtly gestures by hitting his hand multiple times while yelling, call the foul, and aggressively walking towards the official. Follow-up was, had Luca said anything prior to that technical that contributed to it being called? No, he did not. So I do think this was a quick whistle tee. I do think this is a legit candidate to be uh, rescinded. I also, fellas... Listen, this is a controversial subject. I understand it's sensitive. There's a bunch of wee little fellows out there who get sensitive when I bring this up, but I've told you male referees need to be a, they, there's a minimum height requirement. There has to be, this needs to happen. The short fellows have quick triggers. Okay. And I'm looking at go, well, maybe I'm wrong. I think he's a sub six footer, sub six foot men should not be ref in NBA games. This is no, your craziest take. I, mean, I know you've said this before. This is just your craziest take. It's not a crazy take. Watch. Watch. Watch well, the here's, here's Here's what I'll say. The Napoleon complex. Here's what I'll say. Well, that I mean, that is that is. That I is mean, hanging out with say. these two guys the other day. I mean, you know, I'm 5'10", 5'11", and Bontemps is like 6'4", McMahon's like 6'5". I mean. Yeah, and you get grumpy in the elevator and won't go out to dinner with us. So, so it applies. Facts. Three facts there. Heights and, and heights and grumpiness. And, and you insist that uh, when we do a live pod that your name's in the bright lights and ours is nowhere to be found. So this all applies. I mean, some of the best officials in NBA history were under six foot. Quick well, here's, what I, here's what I'll say. Luka Doncic should not get any technicals rescinded because he's shooting his mouth off all the time at the refs. And he should get 37 technicals a year. And he's lucky to not get half that many. So Listen, I actually, I was talking to somebody with the Nuggets today. And this kind of goes back to Luka, too. Why is Jokic cussing in the ref in English? Cuss at him in Serbian. He ain't gonna know what you're saying. They can't. They can't tee you up for cussing in a language they don't understand. They can't prove it's a cuss word. And remember when I did the story on how hard to officiate guys approach refs last year? Luca did say usually when he cusses at a ref, he at least tries to cuss in another language, and he knows Slovenian. He knows a few Serbian and Spanish. And I said, is that it? And then he he said, I know how to cuss in some other languages. Those are the first words that you always learn. So, Joker, don't cuss in English, dude. They can't tell you time. They don't understand what you're saying. Story time. So one time back when Rasheed Wallace was playing for the Pistons, there was a back-to-back a -back home and home between the Pistons and the Cavs. LeBron, Eric, first Eric Cavs. Mm -hmm. And the first night was in Detroit. And the two teams were major Eastern Conference rivals. These were big games. And early in the game, Rasheed Wallace came across the lane and absolutely dropped a hellacious elbow on uh, Zadrunas Ilgauskas, Lithuanian, right on his head. Opened up a huge gash on his head. Mm -hmm. I think Rasheed was ejected. He wasn't ejected. He definitely got a flagrant foul. So, you know, it was a hellacious blow. Uh, Ilgauskas needed stitches, all that stuff. So here they are playing the next night in Cleveland. And it was like, okay, I, I mean, he must have got injected because, um, you know, it was like, okay, we don't, who's going to give retribution to, to you know, who's going to stand up for Ogowskis? And I remember um, there were fans that had signs 
in the uh, in the arena that said she must bleed. Ooh. So we're waiting for something to happen. The first quarter goes by. The second quarter goes by. I think it was the third quarter. Finally, Ogalskis had enough of waiting for his teammates to do it. So at some point, he body slams Rashid, and Rashid goes down. It was a reasonable hit. It was not a, you know, was not an eye for an eye because she did not bleed. And so she right. goes down, and Ogalskis gets called for a technical, and Ogalskis stands over the top of him and yaps at him. You know, has some stuff to say. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing my due diligence. I go down to the Pistons locker room after the game and I say to Sheed, you know, well, how you feel about that? Yeah, I guess he had it. You know, he had to do it or whatever. I said, well, what did he say to you? You know, when he's standing over you <clears throat> and he goes, I don't know. He was talking some other language. I have no idea what he said. So then I go down. <clears throat> Ogalskis always talked very late because he had to ice his feet forever because he had foot injuries. So I said to Z, who I, you know, knew very well, I go, um, Sheed says that you were uh, cursing at him in Lithuanian or some other language. He goes, no, I was talking to him in English. <laughs> That's a story. Sorry. And this story is presented to you by? Yeah, oh, we didn't have a, no sponsor today. Jackson didn't tell me. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. All right. Speaking of ridiculous stories we'll be telling, I, I, I had my six-year-old uh, my six-year-old understood this this event in Milwaukee very clearly. Oh, this is glorious! <laughs> because it was it was a six-year-old behavior, and he, he he totally understood exactly what was going on. Give me the ball! Yeah, I I don't like what's going on, and I'm taking my ball and going home. It was completely complete clarity. There are um, so many great things about this whole ordeal. Sure are. I mean. Uh, here's my favorite. We maybe we can draft our favorite. Okay, you get my, your favorite than Bontemps than me. My favorite of the whole thing is that after Giannis storms down the, the the hallway, recruits teammates and storms down the hallway to go get his game ball, um, which I, I think the Bucks were already in possession of. Yes, he and like not only when he doesn't get the ball, comes out and like tongue lashes Lloyd Pierce, the assistant coach of the of the Pacers and Tyrese Halliburton. You better go get that ball. Like, you know, that, that um, hey, he he oh, used yeah. the Joker word that got him ejected. Yes. Uh unfortunately, uh some curse words might have made it into my son's ears. I won't tell my wife. All right. So after all that, you know, he gets into the post-game press conference and explains that the reason he wanted the ball was not for himself. No, no, no. It was for Dame Lillard. Yes, because uh, obviously because Dame Lillard had moved into the top five. Let me read the actual made. quote. Let me yeah. read the actual quote. Uh, he said of uh, the G Leaguer, who the name that's difficult per, per, to pronounce. The the guy the Pacers want to get the ball for his first point. I understand. Oscar there you go. That guy, hell yeah. of a rebounder. He yeah. said, "I understand when you score your first point in the NBA, you want to have the ball or whatever the case may be." But at the end of the day, you're talking about the guy that just skipped Kyle Corver in the all-time list. <laughs> in, my, in my opinion, we should all stop what we're doing and appreciate greatness. Kyle, I Cor- mean, Listen, I have a great relationship with yes. uh, my fellow uh, Nebraska, uh, you know, you know, he's an Omaha Creighton guy. I mean, and had a but, heck of you know, with all due career. respect. <laughs> well, Kyle he was Giannis's Corver. teammate. He was Giannis's well, teammate. But the still. one-time all-star Kyle Corver. 
<laughs> who averaged 12.1 points per game during his all-star season. I mean, the, the guy who averaged 9.7 points per game in his outstanding long Listen, career. But like, come Kyle on. Is, Kyle Passing is my Kyle guy. Corver, like, Kyle is my start? guy. Hey, and that was an absolutely they... preposterous thing for Giannis to this, say. It was absolutely preposterous. They should have stopped the game with streamers falling from the freaking rafters when, when he passed Kyle Korver for fifth on the all-time <laughs> three-pointers list. Like, what are we even – like, dude, save that for the Disney sequel. Give me a flipping break. Also, <laughs> the best part <laughs> – Oh my God, that was that was hilarious. Listen, I did not think it's impressive to break the Bucks all-time scoring record. Like that's tough to do. Giannis also broke his own record for most full of crap thing ever said in a Bucks press conference. <laughs> I thought it was going to be hard to top. There's no such thing as failure in the NBA. That hokey crap after the freaking Hey, we last week we enjoyed the first round. We, it, last week in Vegas, we enjoyed it when he says, I'm not one to look at the stat sheet. Oh yeah, I mean, Boy, there, there I was there was like audible guffaws. Yes, we gotta get we gotta including, get including from involved. us. We gotta get polygraphs involved with these Giannis press conferences if this is going to continue. But yes, that was he was he was storming the locker room to honor passing Kyle Korver. <laughs> not the sixty four points, not those sixty four <laughs> points that you chased with a dunk with twenty six seconds left in a double figure game. Give me a break. There are my two favorite things from that game. One. The Bucs have played the Pacers three times this year. Giannis Tedekupo is averaging 51 points a game in the three games. Two. And they're one two, and two, by the way. And they're, they're, one, and and they're one and two. Two. The Pacers beat the Bucs the first two times they played, including last week when they cost everybody on the team a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And that clearly carried over to this game. I'm doing the peace sign thing, so we're getting the getting the balloons. Balloons for Giannis <laughs> for the, for the cool. birthday party where he didn't get his toy. Uh, and... <laughs> He's that, saying it's balloons. I never uh, heard that. Is that true? On, yes, Those were the balloons Zoom. that were supposed to yes. release. If you when do, a, if you do it, I, I haven't upgraded my Zoom. I mean, that's, yeah, I don't know. A... I, I, uh, it is a, do it it is a Zoom thing. Do it again. I'll, I'll do it again. I'll see if it comes. See if it happens again. Oh. Do that. <laughs> no balloon. There no. it is. Oh, there we go. Balloons. Like I said, that's what was supposed to happen when Dame passed Corver on the. Yes, that's it. There's the balloons. Balloons for Dame. There they are. There's the balloons. Balloons for Dame and Kyle Corver. All right. Second part. I am so happy these teams hate each other. There's a real chance that they could play probably in the first round of the playoffs. I am going to be rooting for the next, what's December 15th, April 15th will be the end of the regular season for the next four months. I'm going to be rooting for that to be a first round series because it would be unbelievable. These teams do not guard each other. They don't guard anybody. Every game is going to be 135 to 125 or something. And they don't like each other. They're going to play, I think, at least a couple more times because they played in the tournament. I think they play four. They would play four times total. They so play, now they'll play five. I'm going to look. They play pretty soon, and it's like a not a well. They, maybe well, yeah, no, January first and January third. And yeah, okay, there so you those, go. Yes, yeah. So they're the, those are the other two games because they play in the division. So now that they because they played in the tournament, they'll play five times, and they're going to play. They I hope they play in the playoffs because this is 12. the kind of stuff, right? Because I this is the kind of stuff that. You know, as people who are watching these games every day, like this is where rivalries Listen, get made. Technically, in like Oscar Shibway hasn't made his first basket yet. He's he's made his first free throw. He got a point. Now maybe Oscar scores seventy right. in the next game, and then he'll get a basket, and then we'll have another <laughs> game ball controversy. And what'll happen then? Well, okay, <laughs> you know? so 
I got a couple favorites that are directly related. There was the, uh, was it called a flag? I think Giannis got a flagrant, and then I think somebody body slammed him. I believe uh, Aaron Neesmith. Well, Aaron okay, Neesmith, yeah, who right, always Neesmith. plays out of control, made it out of control play. And right, but did you see Thanasis on the bench? The uh, old yes. I did like, see hold me back, hold me back. Like he like starting as like, uh, as our guy like, uh, Rob Perez, worldwide Wob said he uh, it was very impressive that Jay Crowder held him back with three fingers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like it's like that was know, a great line by Wob. You should go watch. You should go watch the Wob investigation. By the way, of this whole thing, it is classic Wob, and it is perfect. But you know how Harden used to be the master of drawing fouls by hooking a guy's arm. That's what that's what Nasus did on the way past uh, Jay Crowd on the bench. He hooked his arm. Oh, 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 oh. And then so that was awesome. And then uh the transaction that the Pacers made this morning. Did you boys see the transaction the Pacers made this morning? <laughs> yes, I did, in fact, Woj reported it. On temps, did you see this? I, I was busy with uh, other matters in Philadelphia. I did not see it, actually. They this signed is- MMA Black Belt James Johnson. Oh, yes, James Johnson. Yes, <laughs> now, I did see he will be a He will be active on January 1st and 3rd. <laughs> perhaps it's just a coincidence, but I dare you to storm the locker room with that dude in there. I Come on down. <laughs> Come on down. Also, you know where the uh, Pacers are heading next week? I'll, I'm going to see them. You mean Dallas? Dallas? No, sir. No, sir, Bob. The Indiana Pacers will be the opponent. Oh, Memphis. That's right. That John Morant plays his first home game of the season. Do you know what occurred the last time the Indiana Pacers? I was just going to say. I seem to right. remember something that's happened. That's right. There was a there thing. Were, there were some allegedly red lasers involved. There was a... Jaws buddy Devontae Pack stepped onto the floor as if he intended to fight James Johnson, which mm, I would not advise. He's a former Grizzly, is he not? I believe he was. He a is, and Maverick for that matter, among many others. But uh, yeah, so James Johnson, the the Pacers have uh, boosted their front court depth and security squad. <laughs> yeah, that's what a night in Milwaukee. And by the way, Giannis, you know, scoring 64 points without making a three-pointer. That's, like, unheard of. The last guy to score 60 without a three-pointer was Shaq in 2000. And he shot 32 free throws. Well, that's how you get to that's how you Listen, get to 64 points. The only time the Pacers can stop Giannis is post-game. <laughs> well, look. Listen, who played better defense, though? The, the ladder in Philly last year? Or oh you know, God, I forgot Pace about that. One. Oh man, Giannis, I was tell in, you what, Giannis. Is I was a, yeah. like the, the guy has a, a, a penchant for some post game activity. That's well, for sure. I, he's I, you know, I blocked out the temper. Philly thing. He can I'd lose block that out. Yeah, he well, the can. thing is, um, this game had eight technical fouls, a flagrant, and an ejection, and that was before the post game brouhaha. Well, like it. these uh, teams do no, not no, no. like oh, each that's other. That's my other favorite part of this. Is when Rick Carlisle, good old Rick, pleasant fellow that he is, he was trying to decide which was the word to best describe the situation that unfolded in the hallway. And he came up with two fracas. Hmm, it's a good word. fracas. It was a good fracas or melee. Those are the two that Rick came which up with. Which he mispronounced. He called it a melee or something like he called it a melee. Melee. Fracas, melee, melee, melee whatever. Uh, I think brouhaha certainly would have been appropriate. It, it it I think it escalated past kerfuffle status. It did not reach Donnie Brook though. Oh no, no! Remember when we had the Donnie Brook last year? Donovan Mitchell, Dylan Brooks. That was a good one. 
<laughs> where the poor grizzly security guy got his rib broken. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chad Buchanan, the Pacers general manager, apparently oh, suffered yeah. rib damage in this. Uh... Oh, By the way, speaking of Dylan Brooks, uh, Friday night return to Memphis. Return to Memphis, and did you see uh, the uh, the Grizzlies? I just actually was in Houston uh, Wednesday night for the Grizzlies visit to Houston, and did you see Dylan Brooks' hairstyle? I haven't. I, I have he, not. He took a page out of uh, Gerald Green, proud Houston native and former Rocket Gerald Green's uh, book, and he had the braids with the Rockets That's logo right. in in the top. I think that I, I don't think it was a coincidence that is when he saw his old pals with the Grizzlies. Well, you should, should have put a money logo in there because you know he's got the last laugh. He got eighty something million dollars. So and he's on a team that's uh, three games above five hundred. That's true. That's true. Well, I w- so you are in a short time flying to Memphis uh, to go see Jaws um, media availability on Friday. Um, yeah, hopefully this podcast doesn't come out before I land because I don't need a welcoming committee given my popularity in that fine city at this point <laughs> you should have signed james johnson before the pacers did espn should have i'm you know rick loves me i'm gonna inquire if, if james johnson will have my back when i'm there next next week come on man you you, you know i mean you, you're fine but what are you expecting ja to say he hasn't talked since i mean listen Jaws capable of saying the right thing Last time he came back from suspension, I, there was some defiance. I expect a pretty scripted and controlled atmosphere for this press conference. I Certainly, they've had a long time to coach him up on what to say. You know what, though? I, like, it's my job to go there and ask questions and, and chronicle what he says. But really, who cares? Actions because over words. Actions over words. And, and Zach Kleiman essentially said something along those lines after the suspension. He's something very similar to that. So I expect him to be contrite because I think he understands that that's what the commissioner wants to hear publicly. Uh, but we'll see. It's not a lot different than the Draymond situation. Let's let's see some let's see some change before I just assume there's going to be some change. Actions over words, as we like yeah. to say. All right. Well, I'm going to let you get off to that airport. There could be some other stuff, but I'm going to just cut it short because I know you need your beauty rest. And I mean, so, I'm gonna go uh, take at least a little, little nap. All right. Well, what I else you want to hit on? Well, I mean, what, what are you all fired up about? What do you mean? Well, like you said, mm-hmm. there's some other well, stuff. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't talk about the uh, the big three making their their debut finally and losing. We didn't talk yeah. about what else did we talk about? We Something need else uh, Beal's going to take a little bit of time, I think, to get ramped up. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hot take too much on the old Suns quite yet. The Suns losing the Suns losing that game to the Nets was amusing though, given uh oh, it was given amusing. the way that given the way that all that all played out for them to lose their first game with everybody on the court against the Nets was was pretty funny. I'll tell you uh, what, man. Is there a hotter team than the Chicago Bulls? My goodness. The Nets. I, the Nets I, have won seven and nine. Oh, listen, you were talking about breaking up the Bulls. They look like a juggernaut to me. Beat the Heat. Come on now. What's the record since since the Ewing, the Ewing, the Ewing theory is going to become the Levine corollary soon. Well, the thing about it is the Bulls, you know, not only they're winning, but, you know, Alex Caruso has been missing games. He came back and played five minutes. Yeah, he got hurt in the first quarter tonight. And re-injured his ankle. And they mm-hmm. still won. Now the Heat were playing the second night of back-to-back. Bam Adebayo is still out. But, hey, Jimmy Butler played in that game. So, By the way, Bam Adebayo's just been out for, like, three weeks. It's kind of a problem. And Evan Mobley has just been out 
for a while for Cleveland. They've they had a they've had a rough week losing to Orlando and Boston twice. Like a couple pretty significant big man injuries in the East. We'll see where those guys are at, but not great that they're just out. I said the Nets have won seven and nine. They actually lost to the Nuggets tonight. And uh, Jokic did not get ejected. In fact, out a triple double. So I guess seven out of ten. But still, it was a good show. Uh, Second night of a back to back. That's a definition of a schedule in Denver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I kind of knew where that was headed. But all right, get off to that airport, McMahon, and we look forward to some some content coming on ESPN platforms from Bon Temps. And right. Thank you to Jackson for staying up late. Thank you for listening for listening to Hoop Collective Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Adios, amigos.